Howdy, Dis After Dark listeners. Toy Story Land is opening up at Hollywood Studios on June 30th. Book now for some great summer deals and to see what's new. Take a ride on the Slinky Dog Dash coaster, ride the alien swirling saucers with the kiddos, enjoy a new third track on Toy Story Mania, and grab a bite to eat at Woody's Lunchbox. Remember, if you book with me, I'll take care of your dining reservations, fast passes, and create a personalized itinerary just for you and your family. Mention this ad to get $25 off your deposit. Reduce stress by letting me do the planning for you. I make the plans, you make the memories. Find me at WPMagicJourneys.com and on social media at WPMagicJourneys. After Dark Podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.HHNUnofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Warning, this show contains childish adult content and is intended for immature, mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views spoken are hours and hours alone, not those of any other bugger. If you're easily offended, we strongly suggest finding another podcast. Everybody neat and pretty, then on with the show. Hello and welcome to uh, the first April edition, as I've already called the month, April Levine. Um, <laughs> and if listeners honestly want to send in ideas, because I'm really running out of them, as you can tell by how much I'm stretching with this one. Uh, but it is the first April show uh, for Diz After Dark. I am Nick, uh, and I'm joined by one of my favourite pools. I'd say my first favourite pool that's here tonight, Mr. P. Dubs Paul Washington. Buongiorno. And we are joined by a special guest, uh, and I just found out, not to embarrass him, but I just found out it's the first time he's ever been on a podcast. So, uh, mystery guest, please reveal yourself. Hi everybody, my name is Patrick, and I'm a Disneyland Paris goer slash fan slash whatever else you could slash behind that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure, we'll th- as the night goes on, I'm sure we'll think of some ideas for that. Um, yeah, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> but thank you very much for, for coming on. It's an absolute pleasure. And, um, Thanks for having me. No, no, it, you know, it's, you, you're one of the, the listeners that we have. We, we have, not to blow on trumpets, we do have quite a few listeners, which is always good to know. But we I've, have, I've been seeing that. You've been doing really well yeah. lately. Whoa. Yeah. Well done you. Well, I, 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 I think that's a team effort. I'm not, I'm not going to take any responsibility for that, only because that just gives Lee Mallaby more ammunition to throw at me. But um, <laughs> but um, no, you're you're one of the listeners that has always um, tried to engage with us, 
Um, and a lot of listeners don't, you know, they're not quite as, as vocal and, and we like that. I know you've, you've said before, uh, you apologize, you apologize once for messaging us. And no, we love that. And in fact, um, you know, we wish more listeners would do. So, um, I'm, I'm just glad we could have you on. So thank you, uh, for joining us. And, uh, it's only, it's only the three of us tonight. Um, people are either going on lovely holidays without us. Ooh. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Boston. Uh, or are unavailable, so it's going to just be the three of us tonight, but I'm sure we'll make up for it with the amazing content we've got planned, and we're going to start <laughs> off the show as we do. Don't say that, because you're the, you're the guest, you're the, you're the main content. Um, There's too much pressure on this, this is a lot of pressure, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> to be honest, I didn't sign up for this either, but here I am, six years on. Um, so we're going to start the show as we do each and every week uh, with what are you drinking? So, P-Dubs, kick us off, what are you drinking? Well, I'm six days out from running my first full marathon, so I've got a nice glass of the clear stuff. You're not doing the London Marathon, are you? No, I'm doing Brighton. Oh, I saw someone, one of my, like, I met a girl doing Run Disney last year, and she's doing um, the Brighton Marathon as well. Yeah. The Brighton Marathon, um, I mean, everyone talks about the London Marathon, because obviously that's the big famous one but it's incredibly hard to get into unless you're like doing it for charity or something yeah uh, i know because i've fouled like four times um, yeah but i would i mean i wouldn't be fit enough to have done it anyway but i just wanted to see if i'd get in um but uh but brighton i'm in a, a city close to my heart so um yeah you'll have an absolute you'll have an absolute blast down there yeah so uh, that, that's okay that's excusable we'll, we'll let you off for that i'll tell you who's and not gonna the next show i can have a beer well that's good that's that's a reason to have a show in my opinion yeah. just for that reason um but I know our guest isn't going to let us down with that. So, Patrick, what are you drinking? Well, I decided that I would need something to kind of give me an excuse in case this goes really badly. <laughs> or uh, or also give me some courage in case it goes really badly. So I am drinking a glass of whiskey. Very good. You can say the brand if you want. Uh, I mean, if it's, obviously well, it's Tesco value, then not so much, but you know. No, well, I, I would appreciate some Tesco value whiskey, but I don't actually have access to Tesco here, so I am just drinking some Jameson. Very good. Very Other good. Irish whiskeys are available. <laughs> this, this is someone who's listened, listened before and picked up on, on the only decent content I have. So thank you for that. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to steal your line. Absolutely man. not. No, no. In fact, well, I just said absolutely. I'm sticking. I'm sitting Paul Boniface's lines from six years ago. So you know, I'm not one to not one to talk. Um, in in tribute to our dear Boston, who is not here, um, I think. Well, by the time this goes out, I think she'll already be on the plane. Um, she's going. She's going to Orlando very soon. That's that's all I can say. So in tribute to her not being here, I've got a Bud Light again in a screw top bottle, which means um, it made absolutely no noise just then. Hopefully, I did, it, I did it really close to the microphone, and it made a really like small like the, the tiniest puff you've ever heard in your life. So you, that might pick up on the record, but I assure you, I've just opened up a Bud Light. So uh, cheers, everybody! Cheers! Mm. Cheers! So um, we're going to do some news a bit later on. It's been, it's been pretty quiet, I think, actually. Um, well, today's a big today's a big day. Oh, is it? Well. I don't know, should we save her for news later or should I just... Like, well, it's not a big day. But, like, they had the last uh, Happiness is Here parade in Tokyo. That was today. Wow. I didn't even know that. I know there's some people over there at the moment, but I didn't realise that. 
Yeah, because like the 35th celebrations, I think the parade starts. I don't know if the parade starts tomorrow, but I think it starts soon. They, right. The last ha- the last happiness is here was this morning because my Twitter feed was full of that this morning when I was waking up. So, so what's the yeah. what's the replacement for that then? Uh, dreaming up is it? I don't know. If I'll ask you. I don't know. <laughs> I know. This is where this is where I'm gonna. If I listen back to this, and then I, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be so angry at myself that oh, I don't know. I, but, I'm what? pretty sure it's called dreaming up. Do not worry about that because um, we know, get it wrong all the time. Exactly. We get. We, you know, I don't edit it, so you know when we do make a mistake, it's left in, and then someone will email or and you know and and tell me where I've, I've embarrassed myself. Happens far too often. So no, don't worry about that at all. Mistake, mistaken princess is the main one. <laughs> mistaken oh yes oh yeah don't don't talk about that if Mark Peter hears this he'll be kicking off at me apparently that that rumour's not true um I didn't know that although saying that actually um so we'll, we'll, we'll talk about a bit of news first before we go on to the main feature so um one thing that I saw today and I heard nothing about this so today I don't know if they announced it before but it was certainly the first time I knew anything about it was they're doing this new experience at Disneyland Paris where oh, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like a small the, the temporary thing. thing. The what? Yeah, the message thing. Yeah, this thing where you you scan a QR code. Yeah, yeah. I, I, did I, had anyone heard about this? A little bit. But no, I mean, had but, you heard of it before today? Yeah, they they'd announced it a couple of weeks ago, but hadn't really given much detail into it. But yeah, they've released a bit bit more today but i still don't quite understand no what it's all about no it sounds like a trivia it's, thing but yeah it's basically so you, you scan on facebook messenger you scan the qr code in the parks or on some brochures as well mm. they have on the part max that's right yeah thing. yeah that is yeah. and then so basically it's like a bot so the bot will be like uh will ask a question about disney uh i think it's disneyland they'll ask a question about disneyland but the example I saw on Twitter earlier was, for example, they showed a picture of Buzz Lightyear, and I was like, oh, what movie is this inspired from? Toy Story 2, Pocahontas, or blah, 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 so obviously Toy Story tough, 2. Tough, tough question, then, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're really, they're, <laughs> they're kind of like, you know, trying to um, get rid of the dead wood, anyway. Mm. And then after that, it goes into a thing where it asks if you accept the terms and conditions, and then after that, you have to give your, uh, you have to let them access your information and then they have to access your location because you have to be actually inside either Disneyland Park or Walt Disney Studios. And then right. they say, then they say we need an email address, and you'll know if you're a winner before I think it's four p.m. that day. Right, yeah, because one of the Facebook groups that I'm on, because um, yeah. there's, I mean, there's lots of Disneyland Paris Facebook groups, there really is. Um, but somebody won today, but I didn't. I saw a post earlier with them saying that they'd, they'd won the competition. But um, I didn't get to see what they'd actually won. They hadn't found out what they'd actually got for doing it. Um, but I saw something um, like people talk about VIP fast passes and yeah, and other bits. So I don't know exactly what it is. There's three. There's three tiers. There's gold, silver, and bronze. So there's some of them. Was for example, I saw one of the, I think one of the top tier ones was like a meet and greet with Aurora and her prince in wow. the castle. Wow. Um, and like a photo opportunity and a visit of the castle and whatever. Um, and then I saw there were some ones with like fast passes or uh, gift gift cards or you know they have three tiers of prizes. Mm. Um, uh, meet and greets seem to be the top tier, and then afterwards it's kind of random between whatever you get between silver and bronze. Okay. 
Okay. Yeah, it's only a temporary thing as well, isn't it? It's like, it's only for, I think, three weeks or something, or two weeks. Three weeks. I think it ends on the 27th of uh, April, I think, yeah. Yeah. I, I thought it was the 27th. I just couldn't work out that quickly. That was two or three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't do the quick maths. Um, but it's interesting because, I mean, I'm, I don't think they've done that anywhere else. Like, that type of that type of thing where you're doing it using QR codes and Facebook messengers. Um, they've done stuff with those bots before because they did one for the Guardians um, breakout, didn't they? Pete, do you remember that? Yeah. Where yeah. you could win a comic with um, by speaking to um, Rocket Raccoon and answering his or finding out yeah. the, the, the letters or something. And they um, did something when they released Spider Man Homecoming as well, but it wasn't park related. It was it was literally you could have as long as you were in the states, you could have done it. I tried doing it and right. it wasn't having it over here. But right. yeah, they they did something similar there. So it seems to be something Disney have kind of cornered the market in. Yeah, recently it's, it's obviously a popular thing. Um, you know, I mean, popular now. I mean, you know, let's see what happens in the next month with regards to Facebook and how many people stay on it. But, you know, certainly for now, it seems like it's an interesting uh, experiment. I'd, I'd do it. If I was in the park, I'd do it. You know, yes, yeah. you wouldn't wouldn't say no, would you? No, no, not at all. Um, so there's that. And I suppose the other bit of news. So I started the show saying there was no news, and we've already on to our third, third news item. <laughs> That's my fault. I'm sorry. Not, no, 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 not at all. Not at all. Um, they've they've announced the fan days tickets. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now I'd I'm still on the fence about what to do about this because I am I might be able to go. I was thinking about asking Craig, but Ooh. you know, have I not learned anything from last September to spend any time away from home with him and what he's like? Um, I might have to mention that to him offline, but um, yeah, the, 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 I think it's pretty reasonable, really, for what they what you're getting um, as as part of this, like all the, all the events they're doing and the meet and greets, and the fact they've just announced the Frozen cast, haven't they? Meet and greets, mm-hmm. yeah, which you know that's like gold dust, um, and it, is it hundred hundred euros? Well, it's 109 euros if you're not an annual pass holder, and that's if you, they. It's really weird because it's early bird pricing. price, isn't it? That's right. Yeah, yeah. So they have a 99 euro if you get it straight away, and then it's 89 euro if you're a Magic Plus or a Dreams pass holder, and then it's 79 euros if you're an Infinity pass holder. Right, but I mean, I think that's really good value um, for what they're doing. I know, like, you know, some people have complained, as they always do, when they when Disney do a ticketed event, whether it's, you know, Halloween or Christmas or, or whatever, uh, about how much you pay to get in the park already. But, you know, this what they're giving you for that money sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, this well, is real once-in-a-lifetime stuff. I saw some people online, they did, like, calculations, because they obviously had the packages, and they were, they were calculating out of the packages... Uh, for example, if you stayed in the Santa Fe, um, and they calculated all the prices of the, because you obviously have to be two people to get the package, they mm. were calculating that they were charging 111 euros for um, a ticket to the Fan Days event. This is obviously the most basic package that didn't have any options of extras or whatever. Yes. So when I when I saw that was 79 euros for an annual pass holder, I actually kind of felt bad for the people who went for the just the classic package. Because they've actually paid, ended up paying, they forked out quite a lot of money for essentially something that they could have just gotten for seventy. Well, obviously you're getting at the hotel, 
with 79 euros is really reasonable for what they're offering yeah i think and and, and again i think with the the packages because there was only a limited number of them i think you had people that you know you know couldn't miss this event and so therefore mm. them paying another 20 euros or 30 euros on top isn't really like that much of a big deal really because they were going to do it anyway um mm. but yeah I, I can understand why people might feel a bit cheated absolutely um but the thing is we don't know how many tickets they're going to be available you know we don't know what the capacity is for this night um there's every chance that you know i'm, I'm here talking about oh i'm you know i'm still debating whether or not to try and buy tickets they could sell out in in 30 minutes they probably won't um but you know they they, they could do we've got no idea what types of numbers because you know i've been thinking about it as well and to do all the things that you need that are there to do because it's only one night as well um you would think they'd limit the numbers that they'd sell i know they're trying to make money obviously but you know they can't have ten thousand people there you know it's you know well that's the thing that's the thing that i was thinking as well because so obviously they are going on sale uh midnight French time tonight well whatever so they're going out at midnight mm. and that's the early board classic pass pack. so for people who don't have a pass and for the people who do have a pass they have to call the concierge line and that's opening at nine o'clock so nine hours after the the opening time so that's what they were, people were wondering is how many tickets do they intend to sell because if it means that there's a early board price and a regular price, and then there's infinity have to wait or pass holders have to wait nine hours after regular people. It's all kind of a bit confusing. I what? don't know. I don't know how many people they intend to let in on the night. No. Um, no, I was just I was going to say. Um, yeah, I, I, what I'd imagine they'd do is they'd probably turn around and say, right. Let's just pick a, a figure out a minute, but let, let, let's say like um, there's 400 tickets, so they might do right. There's 100 for general release, and then we've got 100 tickets for each one of the tiers of the of mm. the the passes. It could be something as simple as that. I can't mm. say that they would allow people without annual passes to have first dibs on those passes, and once they're all gone, they're all gone. They're going to have to retain some of those yeah. for the pass holders, and I imagine what they do is they would do that, and then depending nearer the event, what uh, they were selling like, if there was still quite a few left over for pass holders, then they might release more to the public. But um, I can't see I can't see them not doing that because I mean, can you imagine the backlash <laughs> if there's none for you know if they didn't do it like that and there was none come nine o'clock tomorrow morning for pass holders, you know, yeah. the absolute carnage. True, but like when you look at the Infinity uh, pass holder information on the website or uh, how they sold it in the beginning was Infinity pass holders were to have uh, exclusivity on ticketed events and when you look at it like this, it doesn't really... Although I agree, I do think there will be tickets that will be kept back mm. for the pass holders. It does. It, it is kind of strange that, you know, if you're willing to spend an extra 20 euros, you can get your ticket and you'd be fine, even though you'd have to see how it goes to the pass hold as well. I'm intending on trying to go for it. I don't know about you. I'm intending on trying to go for it. Um, but it depends on if there's any left. And it depends. On, I'm really sure that tomorrow 
uh, the phone lines are just going to be absolutely mental. So mm. I, I, if, it, if it sells out before me, because obviously I have work, so I can, I can only call three hours after the phone lines open. Uh, if, they're, if they're all gone by then, so be it. But I, I would be trying to go for it because it, it really is quite a good deal for what you are actually paying for. It's quite a good deal. Mm, no, I, I agree. Um, now, Patrick, you said that you've listened to this show before. I will come on to that later. But if you've listened to this show, there's one thing you know I love. And that's a segue. Uh, and we're talking about passholder events. And, and really, that, that's kind of what we got you on here to talk about. Um, because you went to the first of, of hopefully many, um, you know, kind of exclusive passholder events. I did um, indeed. So could you please tell us uh, about that event? So um, it was obviously an event that was uh, to celebrate the 10 years of the Hollywood Tower Hotel. Uh, opening in Disney and Paris and Walt Disney Studios. Um, so um, I went with a friend uh, who had travelled from Ireland to go to the soiree. Um, I actually have a little anecdote. Uh, Walt Disney Studios is the first Disney park I ever set foot in. Wow. Which is kind of sad, but also... I'm kind of, I'm kind of, it's, I'm kind of proud of it, but it's also a little bit depressing. No, you know, you know um, what? I think that's good because, you know, if you'd have you gone start from, <laughs> starting the start worst the one, everything's yeah, yeah, up from yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> anyway, so yeah, we, so we we went to the we so with my friend, we went to the park during the day. Uh, we had decided that we were going to wear just kind of you know. I don't know if you could call it a costume, but we, we dressed up as, you know, we had shirts and ties and we tried to kind of uh, participate in the atmosphere of the evening. So, yeah, because they, they, with the, the press release for this, they were trying to encourage people to dress up in 1930s attire, weren't they? Yeah, they were. I would say from the majority of people that I saw at the evening, I would say the vast majority did at, in some way have some kind of costume elements to what they were wearing. I saw some people that were full A. I saw some people that were one man that was actually dressed up as a bellhop from the wow. Tower Hotel. I saw another another group of women that just had kind of I don't um um fascinators in their hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was pretty much that was that was, but that was their little kind of thing. So yeah, I would say the majority of people did make the effort to 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 dress up for it. So mm. so obviously because we were in the park during the day, uh, it kind of started to get really busy because it's it was Easter weekend and it was a bank holiday weekend in France, so it was quite busy. So we went, we decided to go and start queuing up for the uh, for the Walt Disney Studios park on that day. Walt Disney Studios Park closed at six, so we started to queue outside Walt Disney Studios Park at about ten to eight, and by then there was already a couple of hundred people queuing in front of us. Um, so you had to get your ticket checked to make sure that you had a, a valid entry for the evening, and then you moved over to start queuing. Um, there were some nice things, for example, the the cast members had um, for anyone that's been to the Walt Disney Studios Park. The cast members have a wine-coloured um, outfit, but mm. for this evening they were wearing black and white. So that was kind oh. of like, yeah, it was nice. Although I, 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 I thought it was exclusive for the soiree, 
But I've actually been, I went to the park the next day and I was at Mickey and the Magician and the cast members just for Mickey and the Magician were wearing these black and white outfits. So I don't know where they came from, but they were wearing, so you know, that was kind of different. Of you. They might not have finished on the night before, you know, they might have just done, yeah, pulled, pulled an all night up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, so we queued uh, the, on the invitation that was written on the, the 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 ticket. It was written that the event started at half eight. Uh, so we queued, and then at half eight they let us walk in. Um, and then when you got into the front lot or Studio One, just in front of Studio One, they had an announcement in I don't know if it was put in English, but it was in French, basically saying "Welcome to the evening," blah blah blah. And then it kind of cut off in like a. Uh, unexpected way and it was oh don't go into studio one studio one something's wrong so you're like whoa what's going on so you walked into studio one and they had changed all the lights to like uh, strobe white lights that were going up all over the ceiling and they had the music of the Hollywood Tower Hotel playing and that was where you actually picked up a tote bag which had Hollywood Tower Hotel uh soiree gala and the day uh and inside that bag you received an invitation uh with a program of what was happening all evening um and that program is kind of it was it's like a special envelope which had black and gold on it and then you had to unwrap like a, a ribbon to get inside to see what was inside and then afterwards you got a luggage tag which was hollywood tower hotel so that was nice. It was kind of, you know, unexpected freebie. Mm. So um, then after that, you walked straight in through Studio One and there was cast members uh, stopping people from going anywhere else but in front of the Hollywood Tower Hotel. So you had to, you couldn't, at half eight, even though the soiree started at half eight, you couldn't go anywhere else bar in front of the Hollywood Tower Hotel. Right. Um, so we rocked up to the Hollywood Tower Hotel and they had like it was really really weird they had like they had 1930s music and then they would have a random pop song just come on because the whole idea was it was uh they would have like random ads that would be like 1930s ads like oh here a, a new tv with a remote control and it has six channels on it and you know it was all like it was all meant to be kind of real 1930s advertisements but then they had a weird like then they would weirdly just put on tom jones and you're like okay <laughs> so um obviously uh because of the because of the time or whatever they had to wait for it to get a little bit darker so actually um from half eight to half till nine o'clock um you basically were just standing in front of the hollywood tower hotel waiting for it to get dark enough before the show started mm. Um, so that was kind of a bit weird because even though they did advertise it was down a half eight, you couldn't actually do anything apart from start getting ready for the show. So the show uh, that they did at nine o'clock was, I don't know if you've seen it, was pretty much the exact same show as the press event that they did for the launch of the Hollywood Tower Hotel in Walt Disney Studios in 2008. Okay. I, I mean, I hadn't. Uh, P-Dubs, had you, had you seen footage from that night? I or? hadn't. I'd, I'd actually kind of saved it to, to hear what Patrick had to say yeah. tonight, to be honest. Because <laughs> I, I remember I, I did look at the video um, 
I'm still trying to write. I've been for the last two years. I've been trying to write and finish off a book about Disneyland Paris, which I think I might actually be near again now. Um, but so because of that, I was looking up a load of stuff about um, when it first uh, launched, and I found footage of of that show, and that was probably the first time. Um, I mean, I, obviously, it's, <laughs> I've seen before sort of video, but um, I'd never seen in the parts like projection mapping used, and it wasn't pr- proper projection mapping, but you could see some of the stuff they did at that press event. You know, they've done a, a, like an extended version of that in years to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Basically, whatever, what what they did for that press event was pretty much exactly what we got um, for the for the show. Um, they even went to the, they, they even had wrapping paper on it with a, a little tag for the, with the 15 year anniversary of Disneyland Paris hmm. because that's when the Hollywood Tower Hotel opened. Mm. So it was it was it was it was it was it was really good. So they had projections on it and it kind of showed the story of um you know how the Hollywood Tower Hotel when it opened it was a beacon of Hollywood and then afterwards when that when they did that little spiel then that's when kind of the park just came to life and they had loads of um people walking about they had uh buses and police cars from main street that were driving around and people were the the residents or whatever were going around and interacting with each other uh there was one woman that got mugged and then the man got arrested and he was taken away in the police car so it was all kind of you know right in front of you there was these people that were showing how oh hollywood at this time was was uh, was the uh, how it was the best hotel in Hollywood and whatever, and then afterwards, obviously, it, it goes into the the story of the Twilight Zone, and then that's projection mapped onto the to the to the to the Hollywood Tower Hotel, and then afterwards, it was really cool. They they re, they put loads of smoke, uh, so all the people obviously disappeared uh, because they went into the hotel, and then they they did the projection mapping, and there was lots of smoke and dry ice or whatever. And then after that, the people came back, the same people came back, but they had like uh, torches fixed underneath their chins. So they was obviously, they'd obviously been to the Twilight Zone and, and then they were walking about. And then once that, that lasted about, I would say, 10 or 15 minutes. And once that was over, um, the cast members that were standing in front of us in front of, with a barrier, they started opening the barriers and you could walk on through. And you could. That's when it was really after the show ended. That's when the soiree kind of began. So um, that was. So on the 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 invitation that we were given, uh, it was written that there was and there was word before the event started. Anyway, uh, there was a um, on the invitation it said that there was a special uh, collector's item that was on sale in in the shop in the Tower Hotel gifts. And so that's basically when I would say three quarters of, so you walk straight towards the Hollywood Tower Hotel and I would say a quarter of the people uh, went right to go and do the attraction of uh, actual, the actual attraction itself. And then I would say that's when three quarters of the people went left <laughs> to go to the shop. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm sure you've seen online, that's probably the big uh, disaster of the evening was the, the shop. Because I I passed by the shop many times throughout the evening, and it was just absolute chaos. It was really bad. 
Well, I didn't. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. Like, um, I know a couple of people that have gone, but um, I haven't. I haven't spoken to them, and I, I hadn't seen too much. I know what the item was. It was like a key, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I uh, think, was it limited to like ninety, like one thousand nine hundred and thirty or something? I think it was one thousand nine hundred and twenty-nine because that's the idea right. that it opened or whatever. Right. So. Um, yeah, so that was the, the well you see the thing about it is is that until you went to the shop you had no idea what you were you were queuing for. Mm. I, I I was expecting it to be a pin or, or something like that because it was easy to manufacture. Uh but you know, so yeah, it was so we went and we did the attraction and so we went into the attraction and there was a a bellhop that was just in front of uh, where you would normally pass through into the library. Uh, so there was a bellhop there who was scaring guests. And, <laughs> you know, he was sick because he's out of being to the Twilight Zone. And, you know, it was quite fun. And then it was actually really, really quick. And the cast members that brought us into the library, uh, I've been in the Hollywood Tower Hotel uh, many many times and I've had cast members that are either A really good or B really bad there doesn't really ever seem to be a very middle ground on the kind of the pre-show that you get uh, but the cast members obviously that we had for the evening were really good they were like scary or whatever and then once you left so the, the pre-show was the same and then once you the, the doors opened and that you left to go into the to the lift to the holding area that's when there was like um uh, a fella, uh, a, a fella that was doing boiler maintenance, and he was—he had loads of chains around him, and he was scaring people. And and then actually, when you were waiting to get onto the lift, that's where the big kind of event was happening because there was loads of different people that were from the hotel. There was a cleaner, there were guests, there was um, what else was there? There was more maintenance people that were walking through the queues. Uh, kind of like adding to the atmosphere scaring people and you know the the there was this man that wasn't talking but he was just moaning and uh he was actually in air queue um because there was actually enough space left on our lift and um, he actually did the attraction with us hmm. so that was kind of that was kind of fun um so there was loads of kind of um street entertainment actually inside the road that was kind of cool I wonder so, if um, I wonder if they did that for the press night, um, you know, back in the day. I wonder if they did something similar. I would, I would, I would be interested. I, I don't know. I would be interested to know. But there was a, the, like from the the people that were residents or worked there or whatever. There was, a, I would say, there would have been about at least a hundred, because there was there was a lot. Uh, they they were all well, and then the people that you didn't meet inside the attraction, you would meet outside the attraction, uh, just in front of the Hollywood Tower Hotel, or walking around the park. So it was out. You did get the impression that this was kind of you know the the kind of the real Hollywood Tower Hotel. So we did the attraction, and we get off, and then we walk through. Obviously, it leads into the gift shop, and it was literally full i don't know i don't know how people were getting into queues i don't know how people were actually like breathing or moving because it was literally black it was so so full so i i I don't know how so basically we 
we looked at the queue. We actually tried to ask a security man what the people were waiting to buy, and he was like, I can't tell you. And we were like, okay. Um, so we decided, no, that's not for us. So we left. But I passed by the gift shop a good few times before I uh, before I actually got to buy the key, and it was just pandemonium. It was. It, I, I think the only thing that uh, people really weren't feeling on the night was the whole way they organized the queue into the shop. Mm. Um, the funny thing is, though, is that they were, because there's obviously 19,939 uh, copies uh, and they were only selling one per person, uh, the only thing that I was told was that you were guaranteed to be able to buy one. Mm. Um, and so much so that the next day when the park opened, they were selling these keys to regular guests as well. So I think maybe that might have calmed down the the scalping nature of some people. I'm not saying everyone went out to to, to sell back on or sell back on eBay, but I have seen rather a lot of them on eBay. Um, yeah, I saw one because I the only reason I knew about this was um, someone was selling one on a on a Facebook group the other day, um, and they were charging seventy pounds for it. And whoa. basically, their their excuse was, uh, sorry. Let me let me rephrase that. Their reasoning uh, <laughs> for it is that uh, you know they had to queue up, and I and I get that. Like you know, when people do stuff like Comic Con or D twenty three, and there's these exclusive items, and like you say, it was pandemonium uh, trying to queue up and do it. But you're doing that. That's your choice to do. If you want to queue up for that amount of time to buy something with the the, the hope that you're going to get, you know. I, mean, I don't know how much the key cost initially. But let's say like triple the cost of what it, it cost. Um, that's that's on you if that's what you're doing it for. Um, mm. And if people want to pay that much money for it, then then you know fair play. Um, again, it's their money if they want to do it. Um, you know, I think most people will probably have a limit of what they think is reasonable, and time will tell with with what happens. But the thing is, you know, like you just said there about the fact they still had keys left over for the next morning. Um, you know, somebody that turned around and said, well, you know, I had to queue up for this key. Well, they may not have done. They may have just got in the park early and, you know, picked one up five minutes, you know, queuing up in the shop yeah, and, and bought yeah. it. So you, you don't know, but that's that that's on them. Um, but, I mean, would you say it was, you know, I don't know how long, obviously, it took you to buy one, but, you know, were you pleased that you did? Well, so I um, went back to, we went off into the attractions and then came back to the, the Tower Hotel again uh, around about quarter to 11. And then once we got out of the, the the attraction the second time, we were stopped from going into the shop completely. There was security that was stopping you from going into the shop completely because you actually had to leave through the emergency exit to then get into a queue to get into the shop. So they had organised they had organized the queue, but I, I, I have read on, on Facebook and whatever that it did take them quite a long time to get that organization. Um, and then when I did get into queue to get into the shop, it took me 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Okay. Um, so it was actually really, really, they, 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 they obviously didn't think about how they were going to organize it. They weren't expecting everyone to go there first. But when I did get there, I, I got into the queue. I think it was about five to 11 and by 10 past quarter past 11, I was out with the key. Um, and it, again, it was only when I was in the queue 
the second, the, well, the, when I had done the attraction the second time and got into the queue, that was when I was talking to people behind me and they were like, it's a key and everyone's going to get one. So I was, I said, oh, okay, I don't know, I'll get one too. But that was only then, it was only then when I figured out what I was actually queuing to buy. Um, it's weird, isn't it? Because I mean, I hope they've learned a lesson from this because we'll talk about what they're going to do going forward in a, in a bit. Um, but, you know, when you talk about it rationally like this, and obviously we're talking about it in, in hindsight and your experience of it and, and, and the chaos that kind of come with it, but if they made sure that everybody that went there could buy one if they wanted to buy one because it wasn't compulsory, um, surely it would have made more sense as you went in, um, they gave you a ticket. Um, yeah. and they could do it one of two ways they could either give you a ticket which you queue up and you exchange it at the till and they let you buy the item or if they want to be even smarter than that is to give various coloured tickets and they say right um, you know you've got a red ticket between 8 and 9 you can queue up and buy it um, you know the next colour tickets you know the next hour that's when you can go and buy whatever and that way it kind of reduces the the need for everyone to rush because if you're going to an exclusive event and you're told that you can go and buy something that's exclusive you don't want to um start doing all the other stuff around it if you may not end up buying that thing because you didn't queue up at the first instance you know Mm. and no one knew that at the time you know it was clear that you were told you could buy something you could go on the attraction um so yeah i mean hopefully that they'll have learned from that lesson um you know, wherever they're next going to do the next, I'm sure the next event they'll do something similar in terms of getting you to buy something. Mm. Um, so you, you've said about the attraction and what they did to make that a bit special, and obviously there was something in the shop that you could buy. Um, was there anything else that they they did for this event? So you were able to get on the main street transportation, the bus. You were able to get on that, and that bus was like a little shuttle bus that went from uh, Rock and Roller Coaster to Crush. So that was the little thing that they put on. Um, and they uh, had a DJ. The DJ was a bit weird because, again, like I said earlier, it was a 1930s even, but the DJ was putting on dance tunes, obviously. And they had the residents of the Hollywood Tower, Tower Hotel who were at, in front of the DJ that were trying to get people to dance. But the thing about it is, is that there was obviously only 1,200 people at the event. So those people dispersed throughout the park. There wasn't very many people that were just standing in front of the DJ dancing. Mm. So they did, they did have like, and the lighting was all special and whatever. So they did have those things. So we went, uh, after we did the Hollywood Tower Hotel the first time, we went and we did Crush, Crush's Coaster, uh, twice. It was a complete walk-on. Wow. Like, really, nobody waiting. It, you walked in and you were on the road. Um, so that was a very first experience for me. Anyway. And then mm. afterwards we went to Ratatouille. Uh, Ratatouille, we just got off the ride and it broke down. <laughs> we didn't go any... Well, that's the second time that that's actually happened to me. It happened to me about a month ago. I was there and we were on the road and it broke down. So I must be an omen of bad luck for the road. Well, I've got to be honest. Like I've never been... I, I, like in all my years of going to Disney parks, I've never been on a ride when it's it's broken down, except for Ratatouille. Uh, <laughs> I think it, I, I think it was either the first or second time that I'd ever gone on it, um, and it it broke down halfway through, and we were stuck there for about twenty minutes. 
because they were trying to get the ride working again and in the end we were kind of evacuated out and you know I was able to get some cool pictures of the of the um the, the sets as you kind of walk through but uh yeah so that, you know I think Ratatouille's just kind of prone to it but I'll ask P-Dubs have you ever been on an, an attraction that's broken down I actually haven't and it's still one of those things that I one day it's going to happen and I'm going to be like Oh well, that's that done. But until that point, I'm still like really eager for something to break down while I'm on it. <laughs> Enough. Um, okay, so that's good because uh, yeah, cause, uh, from what you were saying, Patrick, it, it sounded like um, it was all centered around the Hollywood Tower. But um, you know, obviously, from what you've just said there, they, there were other attractions open. So was it just select attractions, or did they have? the park open for the majority of, of uh, things so it was only select attractions I have the list in front of me here it was hang on what was it it was the Tower or Toilet Tower Hotel obviously Crush's Coaster RC Racer Toy Story uh, Toy Soldiers Parachute Drop Ratatouille uh, and Rock and Roller Coaster it was, so that's six so okay. that was um, so then obviously the big thing was uh, on this I forgot to mention on this um, invitation at the bottom it was uh, it was written that one of the attractions may have passed over to the Twilight Zone so we had done obviously we didn't go anywhere near Toy Story Playland uh, and then we went the last ride that we did was we went over to Aerosmith Rock mm-hmm. and Roller Coaster um, and the light was all blue and all purple and blue so quite different to what it is usually and we went in and there was no music. Normally there's, you know, Green Day or mm. whatever playing and there was no music. So we walked in and there was a, a door. So where you would you do the cattle pen queue, we had a um, we had a cast member that was pushing us through an emergency door to go straight on through to the attraction. So you didn't do the pre show with Aerosmith. And it was only when you walked around into the to the loading area to get onto the ride. Uh, that we actually saw that there was the Twilight Zone music was playing. Mm-hmm. And you could hear, you know, the, there's a little girl that's saying, oh, help me, where are we, or whatever. You could hear her. And it was actually when we got onto the ride, instead of, they didn't have the, the countdown, so they didn't do three, two, one. It just went. And when you were on the ride, instead of hearing the Aerosmith song, it was a, like a dance version of the the Twilight Zone music <laughs> and and inside it was instead of having the, uh, all the different colours or whatever um, it was just a white strobe light that just kept flashing so wow. that was their kind of version of one of the attractions was themed to the it was actually it was actually really good it was, I thought I thought it was it was quite well done um, so yeah it was so we did that twice and that was that was really Kind of the as far as it went uh, regarding uh, um, different different things that they had on for the for the for the, the Hollywood Tower Hotel. There was a um, there, there were two um, uh, photo opportunities. One just at the bottom of the Hollywood Tower Hotel, where you could have your picture taken in front of the logo for the evening. And then I read online afterwards that there was another person, another photo pass person that was standing at the bottom of Hollywood Boulevard and you could get your picture taken um, there as well. 
but we didn't have, uh, the one thing I would say is because you miss you were missing a half an hour at the start of the evening and because the evening finished at half 11 it was quite short to get all of mm. that in so we didn't get a chance to, to do any of those okay. um, how how easy was it to get tickets initially because I know like we talked about fan days and um, was it was it like a similar thing you had to phone up to buy tickets well, um, you you could phone up. Um, I I actually thought it was going to be a lot more popular than it was. So I, uh, because I live an hour away from Disneyland, I drove to city to the park and I went to City Hall mm-hmm. and I got my tickets there. And I I remember even looking at Twitter that day. There was quite there were quite a lot of people because they were selling them in City Hall as well as the passport office, um, and you could buy them online. So I was expecting it to sell it rather quickly, um, but even the week before they said there was, oh, there's only less than a hundred tickets left, and we ne- there was never actually any confirmation that the 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 soiree was sold out. So it it, it, I, I, it was a lot easier to get tickets than I was expecting it to be. I think uh, I think maybe um, it could have been because what what was it about six weeks notice. They didn't announce True it that. very long. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, like for yourself, uh, you, you know, you obviously said you, you, you live about an hour away, so uh, it's not too bad. Um, for, but for most people, um, you know, you know, if I was going, for example, P-Dub, um, you know, we'd be looking at trying to find some way to get there. Then we'd have to find somewhere for us to stay. Um, mm-hmm. And these are all obviously added expenses as well. Um, and then you price the ticket and, and, and all that. So... It, it then becomes because how much was were, were the tickets? Thirty nine euros. Thirty nine. So I mean, you know, again, I think that's that's not bad. I think that's I think that's re- quite reasonable. Um, I mean, it does sound like you know one of the the highlights of the event that they were kind of selling it as uh, was that you could buy an exclusive bit of merchandise, which is a bit cheeky. But um, <laughs> but to, but to have the park that empty, and like you say, you know, in in all my years of going, um, Crush's Coaster has never ever been a walk on. Uh, I think no. that the shortest I've ever waited for is about twenty minutes, and that was quite unusual itself. Do you know what I mean? So I've never been on it. You've still never been on it? No, wow. due to the queues. Every yeah. time I get there, the queues are just ridiculous. It's normally Whoa. at least an hour. Yeah, you so have I've to just, get there I... dead on. They're, they're, you know, as soon as the park opens, you need to start queuing up um, if you don't want it. And even then, <laughs> if you're doing that, you're queuing up for an hour anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I know, I know what you mean. So, But but for, for, for being able to do the park in that kind of exclusive nature with like a small crowd, um, you know, I don't think it's, it's that unreasonable. Obviously, uh, cheaper than fan days but not as interactive as fan days um, but to be able to say that you've done something um, as exclusive as that with you know frankly um, something that is uh, you know an attraction that's iconic as it is for however long that's going to remain um, you know I think Ooh, I think that was probably a good thing yeah, controversial mm, no. <laughs> I have a word of our friend Jim Hill um <laughs> but uh but yeah and and um you know that kind of leads us into um them announcing the the next one which has got a bit more of uh, a bit more notice than we got with the twilight zone one the kind of and also the thing is as well like it came completely out of the blue 
Like there was no kind of oh we're gonna you know do some uh, events for for pass holders um, you know in the near future. It just kind of came out of nowhere um, that they were doing this thing and it was going to be in a, in a short space of time. But uh, I the... think they did a projection in Discoveryland. They did a projection for pass holders uh, for Coco um, oh. in December. And I think then that's when I, I well that's when I first heard mm. that the cast members that presented Coco were saying oh keep an eye out because in 2018 there's going to be more things for pass holders and it was inferred uh, quite heavily that it would be uh, a, um, like soirees for pass holders but I do agree I think for people that aren't as close to the park it's quite a lot of hassle. And, try and, get. and also, just for, for being a pass holder, um, as as me and Pedos both being former pass holders attest, um, it doesn't actually mean that you're near the park. You know, you no. could be you could be anywhere with, a, with an annual pass. So, um, again, that that also kind of uh, factors into it. But um, the next one, and I don't, you know, it, this is disaster dark. We don't have information at our fingertips. We we don't prepare. Um, but uh, <laughs> the next one is going to be Marvel. It is. Uh, Marvel-based. Is it in June? It's the 7th of June, yeah. 7th of June. So just after um, Fan Days, the weekend after Fan Days, um, I think, is it... No, what day's the 7th? Is that a Friday? It's a Friday, Friday. It's a Friday is it? It must I be a... I thought it said... Second, the second is when they have Fan Days, and that's on the Saturday night. Okay, then let's... Hang on, I'll, I'll find it email. Yeah, it's a Saturday. Oh, it's a Saturday, okay. Yeah. Um, so, that's not long after fan days, but it's just after, or it's, it's during the launch of the Marvel Summer of Heroes, isn't it? Yeah, because that launches the 10th. Yeah. Okay, so I suppose it might be like a bit of a, a preview for that. Pretty um, much, that's what I'm expecting, anyway. Yeah. And, and is that is it priced at the same as it was for... This event, yeah. Or... So okay. this one is open. It, the, the the Hollywood Tower Hotel uh, was just for Infinity Pass holders, but this one is open to Infinity and Magic Plus, and I think Dreams as well. Um, and this time, people can uh, can have can invite two friends that aren't pass holders or different types of pass holders. Mm. So you can this time you can buy three tickets in one go, basically. Whereas before you could only buy one. So, is that because the first one wasn't as big of a hit as they expected, <laughs> or is it just that the capacity for this one could be more? Well, if you like, if like we just said, if if they are intending on using that as a bit of a preview for the season, then they, I would imagine, it's just an idea. I would imagine they would have the new Marvel Alliance uh, show. Mm. Uh, uh, on in the old Cinemagic Theatre in the Studio Theatre, mm. so I'd imagine I'm that, and that would be a crowd here, and that's something that people would probably want to see before everyone else. So I'd imagine that's probably where they're getting the the extra capacity from. Whereas, you know, whereas for the for the Hollywood Tower Hotel, it was pretty much six attractions and one shop, one restaurant, and that was it. And it really, it kind of really does. The only thing that you could see as a pass holder, or at that evening, was that you could see the the flaws of the park and the fact that once you get out of the studio one, you're pretty much 
you know, there's not really very much to do apart from attractions. Um, the, we were told that Studio One was going to be open until uh, the the restaurant in Studio One was going to be open till half eleven, but we walked past at twenty past eleven and it was already closed. So you know, it was it, just to finish on that. It was it was quite. Um, it was it, it kind of just showed all the flaws that the Walt Disney Studios has. Um, mm. Whereas I suppose maybe for this uh, Marvel event, maybe there will be more more of a full park operation or more things going on because obviously if they're expecting more people they'll have more things to for those people to do in theory no i i I think you're right um i wonder as well because um going going kind of back to like the news um and sorry p-dubs you might want to you know disappear for the next five minutes or whatever um but last night, <laughs> or hang up, up to you. Uh, <laughs> but uh, last night, uh, myself and uh, my good buddy Waitu, who I do pop after dark with, um, we were able to get some tickets to a uh, Avengers Infinity War fan event, which they held in in London, um, and that was kind of they don't do premieres really anymore. So with this, um, they did this kind of. Q&A launch for Avengers they brought out stars of the film they showed us uh, 25 minutes of the film last night um, and we're going to the premiere the premiere showing we're going to so it's not an actual premiere but it will be um, the same well we're, wait, we're actually waiting for the, the, the time uh, but we think it's going to be the same night that LA are having their premiere because that's when it's going to be officially shown for the first time and that once it's shown in LA, um, then they'll start showing it for like the press around the world. So we're seeing one of the first screenings. It'll be a few days before the film comes out. So it's very, very good and very uh, pleased about that. But what they were doing was they were encouraging people to take pictures and they were encouraging people to talk about it on social media. Now, if you think back to um, 2008, when they had this press launch for... Um, the Tower of Terror initially, um, that would have been a, an event that would have just been, as the name suggests, the press. So it would be um, journalists of various publications, probably some news crews, TV stations, that kind of stuff, radio, where you know they'd send people along to see it and discuss it afterwards. But we're kind of seeing this new world now where, because social media is like, so prevalent, they don't really need to pander to those people anymore because... People will talk about it on Twitter. They'll talk about it on Facebook. Um, they'll they'll talk about it on Instagram, and that in itself is publicity. So I wonder if for this Marvel event they're going to see if they can try and use the people going um, for this uh, soiree to actually talk about it on social media and use that as kind of like the press thing. Um, and I really think you know Disney should really be looking at their strategy going forward because you know we do here we do podcasts you know at least two a month if not four a month some some months um and, and more with the other shows that we do and we're talking about Disney content um and there's lots of podcasts there's lots of blogs there, there's lots of Instagram accounts and vloggers and, and all sorts and they're basically giving Disney free publicity um, but it's also incredibly hard for
for a lot of us to still get access to these kind of things. Um, and I don't know why I don't try and offer this out to people that are doing this kind of stuff because this is getting out to the fans. This is probably, you know, we're probably more relevant than somebody who reads uh, a daily newspaper for talking about Disney news. Because if you're interested, you're going to be listening to a podcast or you're going to be reading a blog or you're going to be watching someone's YouTube channel. Do you know what I mean? And it's, you know, I think the way people find out about things and consume things has changed. And I think it would be nice if Disney started kind of embracing that. Marvel which is obviously part of Disney, um, definitely seems to be going in that direction. And I wonder if that's something that they might change going forward. Well, I know um, well, I know for like fan days, they had um, lots of Disney influencers um, that were invited to, to a dinner in Studio One. And I, 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 my personal opinion, but this is very much from just a Disney and Paris perspective, would be that they do... For example, I recently, when you talk about Marvel, so I went in Paris a couple of weeks ago, they had a, like a preview of the uh, the Some More of Heroes yes. um, at yes. Disneyland Paris. Yes. And and that was the big thing was that they were selling was, oh, look, now everyone can, can come and get a preview before everyone else. Um, but... So I, I booked in, it would, they had slots, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So I booked in for the f- second slot on the Wednesday. And I even by then, they had invited some of the big blogs and vloggers and whatnot. They had already invited, because on my Twitter feed on the Tuesday, I had literally seen everything that I was going to see the next day. Mm. So I, I, I think I, you're very much right. I do think that they are pandering more towards um, influencers and vloggers and Disney, the Disney people. But in, in general, I, I think maybe they also need to keep the mainstream media on side so that it will get out to people that maybe aren't as interested in, in Disney or Marvel or but that maybe that wouldn't know about these types of things as well. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm not saying like eradicate it completely, but I I do think the tide is kind of turning in, in where people kind of get this knowledge from. It's always yeah, going to have yeah. to be in the mainstream media anyway, because, mm. you know, people still watch the news, people still buy newspapers, um, but you do spend an awful lot of time. You know, Craig, I know P-dubs as well, um, you know, there, there's there's vloggers that you watch. I've not got into vloggers, um, except our Luke. Oh, it's great. Except it's our Luke. Great. I like, I like Luke and Amanda. Um, but no, that's it. You're right, and I, I mean, I think that when you get into that, and you know, you look at people like um, your Tim Trackers or people like that, um, people do genuinely love and follow those people, and they will watch them in the same way that they would watch a soap opera or uh, you know their favourite television program. That becomes their new TV experience is watching a vlogger. So the way people watch these things now is, is, is also changing. Um, you know, I was actually just, I was actually just talking about this. Sorry to cut you off. No, no. I was actually just talking, I was talking about this with my friend, Shane, shout out to my friend Shane, um, uh, yesterday, cause we were talking about vloggers and in general, just the vlog and the way that vlogs have become a thing. Mm. And, and I was trying to explain to him the, the thing about a Disney vlog is, is is very it's a well, I'm, i would not watch any other type of vlog apart from a disney vlog 
and the thing that keeps me coming back to a Disney vlog is the fact that you do feel like you're 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 kind of back in the magic a little bit and you're kind of back in the bubble and it's the whole Disney experience and even though you're sitting at home and it's only on a screen you do still feel like you're kind of there and so and I'm actually planning a trip to Shanghai Disneyland and I I have watched literally every vlog that there is on YouTube some of them twice because <laughs> I'm kind of I got to kind of get myself ready I need to know what I'm getting into and it just it's just kind of it's kind of a way of I've, I've even seen a lot of people on social media they they watch vlogs to kind of get ready to go to kind of get into the the mood of oh we're going to be there soon so we may as well watch a vlog type of thing yeah well let's see i mean the the reason i first started getting into i, I listened to podcasts um i probably started listening to podcasts about 2004 2005 but it wasn't until uh i think about 2010 11 um, I discovered Disney podcasts. I just never thought about searching for them, uh, or it being even being a thing. Um, and and that's and that's what happened. And the, the reason for me looking for them is because we'd just come back from from Florida. We had the Disney Blues, um, as many people do get after Disney holiday. Um, and that was like a like a kind of gateway drug um, that <laughs> kind of kept the magic still there for you and kept it kept it still relevant. Um, and I think that's really why I, th- I think that's why there's so many Disney podcasts and Disney vlogs, and also why um, you you kind of get loyal audiences because it's it's you're you're all kind of sharing in this as well. You know, I do this because this when I'm not there and I, I don't get there anywhere near as much as I, I want to. In fact, I've not been to Disneyland Paris now in about 18 months which is probably the Whoa. longest i've not been to disneyland paris in about the last 10 years um just because life's got in the way um and so doing podcasts and listening to podcasts and watching vlogs it keeps all of that magic still going um so when you are feeling a bit down people will talk about things that you know uh will bring back memories whatever it is and that's what people keep coming back to and that's why they keep listening to to podcasts, whether it's this one, whether it's uh, WDW Today, whether it's uh, a Universal podcast or SeaWorld podcast, or you know, whatever whatever your poison is, you're doing it because it it keeps those memories alive for you and it brings them back if you hadn't been thinking about them. Um, at least that's that's how I see it, anyway. I that was what question I wanted to ask was. So you're not a pass holder for Disneyland Paris anymore? I'm not. And uh, P-Dubs, yours has run out, hasn't it, as well? Mine ran out after the, the last race weekend. Yeah. But Whoa. it, it yeah. will be back in my wallet in September. Yeah. I, I was a I was a pass holder for... Uh, I can't remember if it's two or three years in a row. It would depend on what my plan was. If I, was only, if I knew I was only going to be going once and I could get a decent package, I wouldn't buy a pass. But if um, if I wasn't sure, if I thought you know I might be able to squeeze another quick trip in during that same year, I'd buy a pass. And I was a shareholder as well. So I remember that, yeah. Yeah. So that was another reason for, for having a pass was because um, you know you got a I think it was like fifteen percent off or something off your off an annual pass. So um, you know that and the discounts that you got um, for having an annual pass meant that it paid for itself. Um, so I'd always do that and the only reason that I, I've not renewed mine is because I've not been um, 
had I have been, I probably would have bought a pass first um, rather than buy a package deal because I don't. I, I, I like staying on site, but I'm also quite happy to stay in Valde Europe, to be honest. Um, yeah. I like having the shopping centre there on your doorstep. It's a quick trip in. You don't have to worry about getting a, a bus um, if you want to. If you don't want to walk, um, so I'd rather do that and buy an annual pass than to to buy a package myself. Um, but yeah, that's the only reason why I've, I've just not been. Uh, otherwise, I would. Now you're you're living an hour away, so um, I don't obviously know how long you've been living that close to Disney. But um, how long have you been a pass holder for? Well, I've only been a pass holder since last January. Okay. Um, because I, I basically I'm a teacher, so it, it's a big long story. But you basically you you do a competitive exam, so you do like a state exam, and then once this government gives you a job, they tell you where you're going. Um, so because I'm a new teacher, I don't get to choose where I get to go. So they mm-hmm. told me you can go to Paris. So I was like, okay, I go from an hour from Disney and a half an hour from airport so I can travel and whatever. So yeah, so I've been I've been living where I am now, an hour away from Disney. I've been living here since uh September, so that's just over six months. Okay. So it, it's it's like you know, it's 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 really I, I go once every two weeks. Mm-hmm. Once every couple of weeks basically. And you know, so I I I had to upgrade I had to uh, renew my pass in January so I got the infinity pass mm-hmm. uh, just because you know because I am so close uh, it does pay for itself yeah and because I do go so often it does pay for itself so it's kind of it's nice to have but you know uh, I'm not sure so I have a friend obviously my friend in Ireland who who has a pass as well and he got the pass because he knew that whenever he would be able to come over he could stay with me and we could go together and but it is something that I'm not sure if I lived because I used to live about 400 kilometers away from Disney um, and I, I didn't have a pass because like you, I wasn't really ever sure when I was able to go, mm. even though it was only 400 kilometers. So I could have just got in the car and drove there <laughs> a lot easier than, you know, people who live in England or whatever. So, um, yeah, so it's it's kind of just a thing now that I live so close to it. It just kind of does make sense to have it, whereas... I'm not sure if I would have one if I lived like in a different country. I'm not sure if I would have one. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, um, you know, it's different for me because, and also for P-Dubs, because uh, one, P-Dubs lives in the north of the country, so that is already a Oof. bit of a mission in itself. Yeah. Um, I live quite near, you know, I live about um, 30 miles from Ebb's Fleet, uh, which is one of the Eurostyle terminals. And I live okay. about, uh, well, about, yeah, going away about 30 miles from St. Pancras. Um, so for me to get Eurostar is not that difficult. Uh, and we're near airports as well, so we could fly quite easily. Uh, but with two young kids uh, and one yeah. being autistic, it, 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 it kind of complicates things a little bit. Um, you can only go really during term time, and we've got a dog, so you've got to get someone to look after him. So, uh, you know, if it was just up to me, I'd just go on the odd day trip, to be honest, and make it worth my while. But, um, you know, you, which is my plan for next year. Look, I, I already managed to blag a trip to Orlando without the wife and kids last <laughs> year. I can't really be pushing my luck all the time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think if you if you think you can go more than I'd say two or three times within twelve months, an annual pass is a brilliant 
deal to get and especially as you say with the discounts and benefits you get with that more so and the fact that these soirees that they're doing um are just for annual pass holders is another reason to think oh okay you've got to pay on top i get that but it's another reason to think well if i was a pass holder i could do that as well and you know that would really make it kind of worth my while so um yeah i'd always recommend an annual pass even though i don't have one myself but that that will change I mean, I'm desperate to get over before Hyperspace Mountain uh, is reverted back to Mission 2. Really? Yeah, because I'm a massive Star Wars fan. I hate Space Mountain, but I'm a massive Star Wars fan. Are you serious? You hate Space Mountain? That's a very controversial topic. I've not been on Space Mountain in about 12 years. And the reason why was because I felt so rough after going on it. Like, it was just like pinball. It was when the... It was when the trains were really quite bad. Um, right. Mm. But I got to go on it when it was it was the original Space Mountain, and I've gone on it when it was Mission 2, and obviously Mission 2 is not very good in comparison. <laughs> uh, but Space Mountain, uh, you know, Hyper Space Mountain uh, just looks like my ideal. And also the fact that they've obviously updated the cars now, and people say it's a bit smooth. Uh, it's time to give it another go, you know? Um, so I am hoping um, to get over at some point before the end of the summer. And, you know, if I can get a ticket for fan days, then it'll probably be that weekend. Um, so watch that, watch this space is, is all I can say there. Um, but actually, Patrick, I do have a question for you, if you don't mind. Yeah, um, go ahead. Often goes badly, as it, as it did on uh, the, the next Universal After Dark that's coming out, because they couldn't answer this question. Um, oh. But can you remember how you discovered this in the first place? How I discovered uh, Dis After Dark? Yeah. Um, I am very, very sure that I was in a state of... So last year, um, I went to... Uh, no, would it, was it last year? It was before I became a pass holder. It was the ne- November before I became a pass holder. Mm. And I had just gone to Disneyland Paris with my parents and my nephew. And we had stayed on site. And that was the first time I'd ever stayed on site. Um, it was only the second time I'd ever been, so it was kind of you know. And I was I, like what you described earlier on. It was um, it was very much I had the Disney blues, and I was literally consuming any kind of Disney related uh, podcast or vlog or video or blog or account social media account. <laughs> and, and I'm pretty sure that's how I, that's that's how I found you because I I found oh it's a it's a, it's a podcast and and like you I never thought of searching a podcast that was about Disneyland or Disney parks or Disney resorts. So that's how I found yous. And then I, I kind of went through a, a phase where I just listened to even really old episodes. I was like, just blitzed on through them because it was kind of the way you just got over your Disney blues kind of. So that's how, that's definitely how I found yous. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. It, it just, it, it interests me because, um, you know, people obviously find things in different ways, and um, yeah, I'm just always interested as to how people have kind of discovered us. But uh, that's great, and yeah, I know well, I don't know it was you directly, but we was talking the other day when we was looking at our figures that um, you get periods of time where you get lots of people downloading new episodes, but then you'll see a spike in much older episodes, and it must, and you think it must be because somebody has just discovered you and decided to kind of go back in time. And mm-hmm. I think it's interesting, because when you do that, 
um, when you go back and listen to old episodes, when you're talking about the news, you know, yeah, there'll be an episode yeah. where I'm talking about, uh, and I, I remember doing this, so, you know, I was talking about the announcement of Ratatouille. Well, now Ratatouille's, you know, a few years old, fair few years old now. Um, so it's, it's interesting to go back and hear people's views and opinions on things, and, and you know how that's turned out uh, mm. going forward. So, um, yeah, I suppose it's an interesting kind of time capsule to, to go back and do that, but uh, fair enough. Well, no, thank you. Thank you so much for, um, for listening to to us and and uh you know enjoying enjoying what we do uh it, it's really appreciated so thank you for that thank you um p-dubs um before we end uh a segment we always try and do and sometimes do did we do it on the drunk episode i don't think we did it on the drunk no episode, we, did we didn't i wasn't yeah. we none of us were prepared for that <laughs> none of us were prepared you could just <laughs> you could just end that sentence right there none of us were prepared um, so this is this is uh like this week in disney um so so p dubs over to you yeah well this is a this is a, a different one I've, I've i've looked at what was going on in this week and it's actually someone's birthday um and it's someone that i actually have admired for for a long time oh paul and, it's not my birthday what are you uh no, I, no. oh sorry sorry That'll come up when it is your birthday, Nick. It's all right. This day in Disney history. Nick was born. But no, it's actually someone I've I've held in, in high regard for, for many a year and was brought up with his music. And, and that's the... He was the lead singer and, and lead guitarist for the, for the Stray Cats, Brian Zetzer. Um, oh. Born in 1959 on the, the 10th of April. And people would go, why is he bringing him up with Disney? And actually, he's got a a very strong connection with Disney over the years. Um, As far back as 1996, he recorded a version of Everybody Wants to Be a Cat. um, When they they reissued the Aristocats, Um, it was on the soundtrack. Um, He then recorded the the lead song for the Country Bears film, Um, I'm Only In It for the Honey. Um, <laughs> you, and you had to look that up, didn't you? Like, there was no way that you knew what the no, I knew that. that film. Really? No, I knew that. Yeah. Wow, that's dedication, uh, man. He also did the the lead song for the House of Mouse, um, the animated TV series that that was on for for a few years. Hmm. Um, and then finally, the last thing he he did. Film-wise, for them, he, one of his songs from his his big band career that he's he's had for the last fifteen twenty years since the Stray Cat split up. Um, he recorded a song called "Santa Drives a Hot Rod" that was featured in Santa Claus Three. Um, the Claus, so, yeah, <laughs> Electric so, Boogaloo. The, so uh, he's had a, a very strong connection, and he also performed. Uh, um, the Walt Disney Christmas uh, Christmas Day Parade um, in 2005 as well. So he's he's had a strong connection with with Disney for for many a year. It's, it's terrible, isn't it? The when you said that name, the absolute only thing that I could tell you about him or name any of his songs is "Jump, Jive, and Wow." Yep, that's it. That, that's all I know about him. Um, and the fact he's yep, in the bank was... of the Stray Cats that's all I the only information I had so um, I had no idea about his Disney connection yeah it's a huge Disney connection as, as I said I've I've had a huge connection my brother was in a, a 50s rockabilly band um, when I was young um, and obviously still is into to that and the Stray Cats were a major part of 
of what I grew up with. Wow. I still, I, I still have no idea who this person is. I'm, I'm, <laughs> he's American. Going, he's American. Yeah, he's um. Well, P Dubs. I mean, I, I was because describe him as kind of like a, a kind of retro sounding musician. Um, yeah. I suppose that's that's kind of a way of describing him, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He he reinvented rockabilly for the eighties. Really. Yeah, came like very fifties. Yeah, quite came a out of the sound. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely they they were they were very much influenced by by the likes of Elvis. They they played with people that played with Elvis, Cole Perkins, and and people like that. Um, but then, as I said, kind of came out of that the end of the punk era. Um, so I had a little bit of that about them as well. I think I think my Disney fan status can be revoked. I am an all oh, fact, and I I would never have even gotten any of that. So well, I, I think I think the thing with uh, Disney fandom is just because there's such a rich history of Disney, even if you consider yourself a fan, there will be somebody that can upstage you with something <laughs> that you have no knowledge of at all. Uh, like. I'm sure Case some. In point. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure somebody can tell me some, you know, ten amazing facts about the Haunted Mansion movie. Um, if there's even ten amazing facts about that movie, I don't know. You know there you might know be ten facts. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not even that many, to be honest. Um, <laughs> well, that's it exactly. Um, right. Well, I'm going to start wrapping up. Um, so before I do, we 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 talked there a little bit about. Um, about podcasts and vlogs and stuff like that um i do want to give a shout out to luke who does uh vlogs for us on the arthur dark network podcast uh, youtube channel um he does mainly universal there are there are some disney stuff uh, bits and pieces on there as well but um he's great uh, uh it always entertains me so if anyone's not subscribed into that channel please do um, Craig has just stuck up a video there's a few bits of me, P-dubs I think you've got some bits on there as well So uh, and Amanda so please go and check that out if you don't already um, We there are lots of Disney podcasts um, and whilst obviously I, I, I would say that we're the best one we're, we're clearly not um, but there are many good Disney podcasts out there so um, I want to give a shout out to uh, Disney Dream Girls and uh, Disney Down Under um, who they, they are friends of ours as well, so it's a bit of a cheap one plug, I suppose. But they put out decent podcasts, and if you haven't listened to them, uh, give those guys a listen. Uh, both really entertaining. Um, so do that because I, it, it's a small world to to pardon the pun After of that all. ride. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> as soon as I started saying it, you know, I think, oh, why did you have to use that analogy? Um, <laughs> but it is, and the, and the thing is, like, you know, we're all trying to do our own thing and um and I, you know we've talked about this before about how people don't like to promote themselves too much some podcasts do uh, a lot of podcasts don't they want you to think they're the be all and end all but there's not there's a lot of podcasts out there so um you know if you like us listen to those guys and 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 just try and see if there's other stuff that you like as well but just don't forget about us when you do find someone better we're still going to be here <laughs> uh don't stop listening or downloading thank you like, um, like a score like a scorned lover that's it, exactly <laughs> oh, i feel like that so many times um but i think that's that's it for kind of uh plugs and stuff i wanted to say i'm uh, i'm gonna plug go on strike released its latest episode um, last week, back end of last week, mm. uh, interview with 
Justin Swain, who played Detective Bailey on Luke Cage. And a ghost. Um, Wasn't there a ghost involved in that as well? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) See if you Um, can spot the ghost, listeners. Yeah, yeah, there's there's definitely a ghost um, about a quarter of the way through the interview. Um, Hopefully the ghost is fixed for the next episode. (laughs) Um, But yeah, go go and listen to that. Another great insight into to a working actor um, and he's back in season 2 as well so he gave us a little bit of insight into season 2 as Ooh, well spoiler alert <laughs> yeah no spoilers he just he just gave us a little bit of insight into no I'm, I'm, in effect, I'm in effect he's back in season 2 oh well he get killed off in season 1 yeah. now I'm not going to I'm going to watch season 1 and, and expect him to survive um, and yeah actually on that note um, I recall, I'll, I'm trying to once I've wrapped this up, I've got to try and see if Y2 is still awake. We're supposed to be doing a WrestleMania edition of Pop After Dark. Uh, because, we're frankly, we're, I just never know when to stop recording. Uh, again, Arsley Malaby. Uh, or talking. Uh, and also, or opening your mouth. Oh, that as well. Um, and, uh, <laughs> oh, so many jokes. Um, uh, but also, I haven't <laughs> I, seen I, enough I, of him. I admit, I was thinking of something that probably wasn't very family-friendly. But, you know. You've heard this show before. Uh, <laughs> it, it would have passed. It would have passed unfiltered. Um, so we're going to do that, and also um, we did record some stuff yesterday at the Avengers. So there might be, we might be doing a pop after dark with some stuff from the Avengers, which obviously Paul will immediately delete from his download queue, which is fine. Um, and just before we do finally go, uh, Patrick, I want to thank you once again uh, for oh, coming on. Stop. Would you ever stop? It was uh, the pleasure was all mine. Oh, bless you! No, been fun, insane, and it was uh, great to find out about that event because, again, I didn't know. I knew a little bit about it, but I didn't know too much. Um, and I think it's really good to get an insight of, of what it was like to be there and what they did. Um, and it also, you know, gave us a chance to kind of speculate as to what they were um, doing going forward. Um, I will. I, I don't know. I, I don't. I've never. I've not notice anything so if i have ignored it i apologize but um you don't have anything to to plug you don't have like a, a, a blog oh god no 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 i'm just i'm just someone that listens to all of this no you're crap. fine uh, don't don't, oh, don't follow him then that's I'm what i'm saying twitter. follow me on twitter because i'm going to shanghai so i'll be posting loads of stuff from shanghai okay so so uh, yeah. where, where can people find you on twitter Oh God! Did they really want it? Um, it's Woldy W O O L D Y six three one. That's my Twitter handle, and I'll be going to Shanghai Disneyland next Saturday, so I'll be posting some fun stuff from Shanghai Disneyland. Oh, can't believe! Oh, if, that... if if the Great Firewall of China uh, lets me do so. Oh yes, that's that's true. You might have to. You might come back, and there'll be like seven days worth of. Uh pictures and posts and uh yeah, yeah. no well i've I've planned a vpn but whether that goes then uh, i expected it to i don't know whether i get out of the country that's that's the, like if i get out of the country that'd be a miracle I anyway did, so yeah i didn't realize he was going that that soon because um you know i get very upset when i find out someone's going to shanghai and he's going on on a, a tron attraction before me like every well, person that does it, it just upsets me you know that's if i fit on it I've been, I've been I've been going on a diet for like the past two weeks. Be like, because like I'm I'm not making vast stereotypes, but Chinese people are a lot svelter than I am, so I need to make sure I fit them. Right, I wouldn't even think about stuff like that to be honest. 
It really wouldn't. Well, it's true, yeah. I just, I, just, I just don't want to be like doing the walk of shame in front of everyone. Be like, no. oh, look at, the, look at this fat man that can't fit in the road. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to be him. So I'm sure, I'm sure you'll be fine. I'm sure you'll be fine and and have a cracking time. And and yeah, uh, you know, if you if you want to come back and, and talk to us about your trip, uh, we've only had one trip report from Shanghai um, from uh, Lewis from uh, Disneyland Under last year. So. Um, you know, if if you want to share your experience with us uh, when you come back, you're more than welcome I would, to come back on. If I have, if I haven't killed the podcast by then, I'm, I'd, I'd like to have a second stab at. Hey, if if Adam Santino can't kill this podcast, I'm sure you will be completely <laughs> fine. Um, <laughs> so, uh, in that case, thank you, uh, dear listener, for for downloading. Uh, please, if you don't already, subscribe to us um, because that's the only way you know. Uh, you can get the episodes as soon as they come out and you know that way you don't miss any episodes um thank you for patrick thank you to p-dubs um and uh, we'll see you for another disaster dark very soon i was mary poppins y'all yay <laughs> i i was here for, i was here for that quote bye everybody <laughs> but why was she mary poppins that is the question i don't know i just i had to get it in after last time craig killed it not the first thing he's killed let's be honest but I, you know actually i better stop recording now just in case i i, I say something libelous about craig hello there dear listener now have you ever listened to a podcast and thought oh, i'd really like to support those guys but i just don't know how to do it <laughs> well then you're in luck there are now two ways for you to be able to support us. The first is by going to our Spreadshirt page at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash After Dark Network. Here you can pick up t-shirts for all of the podcasts that we do. The other way is by visiting us at patreon.com forward slash disafterdark. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash disafterdark. Any money raised by buying some merchandise or pledging your support on Patreon means that we can keep producing more content for the After Dark Network. On behalf of the other After Dark Podcast Network hosts, we thank you for listening to this episode, we hope you enjoyed it, and thank you for your continued support. Podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast.